Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Stan, don't you know the first law of physics? Anything that's fun costs at least $8. Vans! Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. Get it on. Welcome to episode two of season 12. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool ting. Big tings of Guan this week, ghosts. What's cracking? We've got an underground legend on the pod this week. None other than Tom Snape from Down Under. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> New Zealand's finest. Living in bars these days. Fucking funny guy. Stoked to have uh, got to know him a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, what's next? The post office? <laughs> of course. And then sports. It's a sad week in sports for me, but I guess we got to talk about it. Fuds, were you working on your New Zealand accent for a little bit before the app or no? Nah, I think that you was just my Australian in. accent. They're all the same. I don't know what the difference is. Sounded pretty good, man. As always, make sure to get your emails and voice notes into the Bunt Live at gmail.com. The post office needs the people. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Subscribe on YouTube at the Bunt Live. And then, man, thebuntlive.com. Do we have something special cooking up for the people? Oh, yeah. You know, we always cooking something up. Getting chilly, maybe some gear. <laughs> yeah, maybe might be time for a new toque, man. Maybe a new hoodie, maybe both. Who knows? The buntlive.com, the shop's gonna be popping at some point this season, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll let y'all know. Yeah, we'll keep y'all posted for sure. <laughs> Definitely, doc. The ghost shout out of the week. Who's it gonna be? I mean, it'd be disrespect if I didn't shout out the Nar God himself, Dane Berman, man. And it's about damn time you came on the pod. Stop being scared, B. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna need a second angle, or sorry, I'm gonna need a non slow mo of that back 5 the kinker. Yeah, that shit was crazy. I'm looking forward to the uh, rough cut, I'm sure that's coming. But hats off, I'll to, be here in a week, bro. The longevity of skating at spots that gnarly is crazy. So, uh, hats off from the bump boys, man. Dan Berman, shout out, man. When you said you were gonna call him out, I thought you meant like on Insta or text i didn't mean straight on air dog oh no no on air man get get your ass on the pod dog what we fuck you waiting for we've been waiting a long time on dane man it is time i know he's wade's homie too like let's make it happen fuck sakes it'll be gone in a week anyways we'll have a new guest it'll all be forgotten but yo you bust out your own nar blade this weekend man what's up with you 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 keep that shit sharp too while i was watching dane berman front feeble that giant rail and i was like let me front feeble a tiny ass park rail <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Basically the same. Yo, Jamie, holla at this guy. It's his time, man. Uh, I need some zero boards, man. So like we said, we got Tom Snape in the building this week. Sour Solution fits the team to a T. An absolute pleasure. I didn't know much about him coming into this interview. All-around good guy. Uh, recommend you have him on your pod if you ever start one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
our Kiwi homie, is quite the laugh. And um, shouts to Dom Henry. I mean, we'd seen his footage a bit here and there, but Dom was the one who really reminded us of uh, his underground legendariness. So thanks to Dom and everyone who helped us with questions. Uh, it was a fun interview. The greatness is real, Tom Snape. But yo, I'm kind of hungry still, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo, what, yeah, man. Yo, what are you thinking this week? Like, yo, I got a, a craving for some, you know, bodega type sandwiches, maybe some chicken wings and uh, a chicken deuce coop pizza. Order yours online using the Maker app available on iOS or if you're on Android, I'm sure it's available <laughs> some way there too. Or just head into the store downtown at Queen and Spadina, uptown at Avenue and Lawrence. Maddie, tell them what we're working with. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, we are super lucky to have Tom Snape in the building. What's cracking, man? Uh, just chilling, sitting in bed, um, having a little green, little green Heineken. Um, <laughs> yeah, all is good. We're going to bleep out the, the Heineken part there. We sip on the green cans over here, oh, too, man. Oh, hey, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. The, the green can. <laughs> yeah. No, we do. So we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. A favorite skate moment? Something from the, the days of skating Lincoln Square in Melbourne before they, um, like, fucked the ground up and stuff. I remember, like, usually on a Sunday, we'd always go there, and I guess the seats would always be, like, perfectly in the sun, so coming up to, like, you're getting out of winter, it's getting a little warmer, as soon as you get a few nice afternoons, it's kind of like, go sit out there all day and chill and drink and skate. Anyway, um, my friend Carl, who's is another a skater from New Zealand, but at that point, you just, you didn't really see him out skating much, but... One day he just comes randomly past, just drinking a can or something, and he just rolls in, like probably hasn't stood on a skateboard for like a month or something. He just drops down the two, lands in manual, manuals across like half of the plaza while drinking his, I think he had like a UDL or something. <laughs> and then the bench where we were all sitting, it has like a little sort of like curb high thing to get up where I guess your feet would be. And he just like popped up there and then just sat down. He was just going, what up? <laughs> I, and he had like sunglasses on and like a jacket covered in paint. And yeah, it's a really, really, I'm going to go off that one. Carl Truel. A casual. Yeah. A sports moment. I'm going to go for, like I said, I don't really know anything about it. But when I was in London, I spent a few months there and, some friends took me to a game. It was like Chelsea versus Man United. Damn, that's and huge. Yeah. Well, I didn't know anything about it because I was out skating with my friend Austin and the guy who I was staying with, Rob, had sorted the tickets through friends. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, do you want to come to this game? I have a spare ticket. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like chilling. And then my mate who I was with was just like, what the fuck? Like, no, go. Like, this is, if you don't go, I'll go. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, okay. Like, you know, this will be good. And um, yeah, I don't know, just went there. And, like, it was pretty cool to watch a live game. And the, I guess Chelsea won, so everyone that I was with was happy. And there was just lots of yelling <laughs> and paying out Manchester, which is, it was quite funny because I was born just right by Manchester. So yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what, what my, um, my cousin would hate me if he heard this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, yeah. <laughs> Traitor. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? Um, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand. I got into skating when we moved around a lot when I was younger because we were renting. And I remember, I think it was the third third time we moved. I think it was around 2000. And I don't know, I just I remember when we were driving to the new house, I just seen like all these people skating like at the local school. So I was just kind of like, oh, fuck, like, you know, that looks, that looks all right. So I don't know. Got a skateboard for Christmas, and my dad took me down to the like there was a mini ramp close to um, where we were during Christmas time, and I was like stood up the top, and my dad's like, oh, go and drop in, like you know, <laughs> and I just did the classic like feet right back on the tail, manual down, like fractured my wrist. Oh, so, <laughs> but I mean it was all good. Like we got a little cast, and then you know got on with christmas but it was annoying after that because then my parents started making me wear like wrist guards and shit but <laughs> i think i think that probably lasted like two weeks before they just gave up because that's, <laughs> that's dope that you persevered through a wrist injury right off the bat yeah. Yeah. a lot yeah, of kids might have just fucking, hang it up real yeah, quick oh up. the classic like you yeah, know i used to skate eh? like, oh, <laughs> this happened I'm like, oh. yeah, I hear that one all the time oh classic <laughs> So, what was your first big break in the skate industry? I know we did a video for, or like Dustin did a video for this distribution I wrote for in Australia called Piss Drunks Distribution or PD Distribution. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess he made that video. I had a part in that. But then it didn't kind of resurface until a few years later. Uh, I think Free, Free Skate Mag put it up and... Mm. then like a few more things started coming through there I think like mostly clips that Free would put up of like the sports class things that we did and then that video part I think that's kind of what maybe set it off so big ups to those guys so your trick selection is on point as it comes where do you draw inspiration from uh, to have such a well curated bag of tricks Doug um, there's a few things I guess I think the first one was there was a New Zealand skater, James Wright, and I guess that's who we would always see growing up. He was from a different part of the country, but they had this competition every year called the Nationals, and I remember just going down one year, and he won the like the Open or whatever. But I remember seeing him sitting on the couch, just drinking wine and smoking ciggies, just being a badass pretty much like, in the eyes of a 13-year-old. I was like, yeah, this guy's cool as fuck. And then, but then he got up off the couch and then rolled in the, like, rolled in the bank and then did a switch flip back tail first try Oof, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Euro gap to ledge and then, like, you know, sat back down and just kept doing wow. his thing. And so, yeah, and then for the rest of that weekend, he, I don't know, I think for a lot of New Zealanders around my age that were there that's like a very memorable moment because he's of course the coolest style just skated switch and he was really good at skating ramp like mini ramp and things like that so i think that was probably my first main i don't know inspiration and then i think after that i wrote for this distribution and i found the girl chocolate box set on vhs and so i just i don't know i just watched all those videos and I don't know, just, you know, watching, like, Mariano's part repeat. Yeah. Um, even though I can't do half the tricks that he does, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think that, like, that kind of stuff was mostly 
that kind of inspiration and then it will just kind of keep going from then yeah it's dope when you got a, a proper local legend to look up to yeah for sure that oh, can change the way you skate for sure if like he's doing whack tricks and that's the best skater in your area you're like oh yeah you're in trouble let me get my three flip melon grab on <laughs> who the hell's yeah, ever done for a three sure. flip melon well we got Chalbert out yeah, here that's three a three flip, flip tail, tail grab yeah. my bad that kind of oh, yeah. fucked us up yeah that's <laughs> some interesting uh, language you use there such well curated formed bag is that because you guys like have a similar bag of tricks no we don't yeah I like switch crooks Nolly 180 flips, Nolly 180 switch crooks, switch back tails. You guys are quite similar, man. Nice, what's I up? I think I was complimenting myself through the questions. <laughs> so maybe a little bit, you know? Uh, so can you take us behind the scenes on your switch inward heel, the wave bump to rail and bars? A spot that's been like destroyed over the years, man, but you, you hit it with something fresh. So I just moved to Barcelona. Well, not just. I've been here for like three months. And... I had to get a, I kind of just needed an ender for that Adidas part. And I mean, that's like the hardest thing to film if you don't like jumping, which is like me. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'd been filming with my friend um, Jack Thompson and I'd been trying to do a switch in with heel, but somewhere like at a different spot, um, you know, that grate at the uni, oh, the long yeah. grate, like I'd the been long trying to do it over there. Yeah. And then went back one day and it was like Occupy Spain. Oh, it was actually when, I think it's when all those riots were on last year. We just went there and there was a tent over the whole gap and like you oh. just couldn't skate uni for, I don't know, maybe like a month or something. And so I was just like, oh, fuck, like, oh, I, I gotta try to think of something to do. And then my mate was like, oh, you should do it at Basos. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. Like, fuck, not really that keen, but okay, you know, like, you know, claimed it. And then we went there one day and I was just like, nah, not keen. Eh? This is like a bit hectic for me. And then um, but I was with Gustav and he's just like, oh, if you want to go, just because I was, I was scared to skate switch out of it. And then Goose was like, yeah, what do you do? Just roll up. And when you get to the top, just jump, like leave your board behind. I was like, that's a pretty interesting way of going about it. But, <laughs> yeah, he's the master, so, you know, take notes. <laughs> and then I tried it that day and I you know, like stomped one and did a couple of, like, the, you know, as you can imagine, flying out of a bump wrong where you just go horizontal in the air and just like, ah. yeah. yeah. But got lucky and then I went back a few days later and, yeah, it worked out, so. Damn. Yeah, you stomped that shit. That was crazy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> also, I feel like, that just looks so much better than that that grate. Like the grate yeah. is sick, but for an ender like the the bump yeah. is way yeah. better. In the iconic spot too. People yeah. know how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out yeah. Much better. more in my favor, I'd say. I mean that not to take anything away from the grate, like it's fucking so big. That's the one where Tom Penny tried tray flip and just landed in it and went flying, right? Yeah. Not too many tricks have gone down over the grate either. It's a good spot. It's pretty cool. Tiago just switched backside, flipped it. There's a Bobby Warris tray flipped it. I heard this rumor that Penny just was skating through one night. Like, I don't know, probably just wasted or on mushrooms or something. I don't know. It's probably, I don't even know if the story is true. Apparently he's rolled through one night, like not actually skating, but he just came through, you know, pushing and switched frontside, flipped it and just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being there and seeing that? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, is that, is that, uh, uh, uh. 
<laughs> there he goes. What the fuck, lad? Did you see that? Well, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, a classic case of never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So yeah, yeah. That, that definitely happened. Yo, so we heard you burst your spleen. What the fuck? That sounds horrible, horribly painful. What was that like? What happened there? Uh, I don't think it was. It wasn't my spleen. Or what, it was uh, my appendix. Oh my oh. bad. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I mean. yeah. That was during the lockdown. I um, I don't know. I'd been for a few weeks. I'd been kind of having pain in that like a, a sort of like abdomen area, and so I kind of just chilled on it for a week, and it wasn't really going away. So. I went to the hospital and they were like, okay, what's wrong? Like, I was like, oh, I know I'm getting these crazy stomach pains and I don't know what it is. It's not really going away. And then they were already pissed off that I was there because it wasn't a COVID type emergency. So they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is, uh, I don't know, we'll do a blood test. And so he did the, I guess this is a classic for appendix. He like pushed on my abdomen. I'm just like, ah, oh, like, yeah. and that was tender. And then he did a blood test and there was like, kind of like an infection in my blood and he's like okay well yeah I don't know maybe you just got I can't remember what he called it but it was some kind of like digesting problem or something he's like yeah just go home and like don't drink coffee like chill on like oranges and stuff like that and if it gets worse come back in a week so I I went home and then just pretty much just sat in my room for six days that's where it got really bad like I had fever and i I was just like this, and I I thought that maybe because they said, you know, like what they say for coronavirus, they're like, yeah, there's symptoms of like pretty much any symptom means you got coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and my flatmates had had coronavirus as well, so it was like no doubt that I got it as well. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, went back to the hospital six days later. I was like, no, nah, there's something really wrong with me. I'm not leaving until you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sort me out. So they put me in an ambulance, sent me to another hospital, and then they did a few tests, and then they did an ultrasound. And they're like, "Oh yeah, your appendix are burst." <laughs> and, oh, then, <laughs> and then so, but because they'd burst quite a few, like they'd been burst for some time, so my all my abdomen was just filled with like pus and really badly infected, and had like a I guess yeah like a blood infection as well. So it was quite serious, and. The, because it had, it had been in burst for so long, my I guess my bowels had like moved to cover the sort of area where the appendix had burst and was like, I don't know, I guess that's where it just sends pus out into your stomach. And so the surgeon was a little worried to do the surgery because of my bowels being in the way, there was a bit of risk at damaging, you know, my organs. So they put me on antibiotics for a... It lasted like a day because they wanted to try and bring down the infection so they could send me home for a bit and uh, I don't know. But it kept getting worse. They're like, no, we've got to do the surgery. So, oh, but before they did that, they had to do the quick corona test to make sure that I didn't have COVID, which I'm guessing because all my flatmates had it, I must have got it and then it had gone away or something because it didn't show <laughs> yeah. up on the test. Because that would have been bad. Because if they were to do surgery on me while I had that, they would have had like big rubber gloves and oh. basically wearing like spacemen suits, and my <laughs> yeah. surgery would probably go really bad. Fuck, that's gnarly, man. Yeah, and then I was, I was in hospital for another like nine days after that. Just no food, no water. Damn. Yeah, I got real skinny during that time, and then, but it was all good, and I got out looking like a crackhead basically, <laughs> and then um. 
just sort of, I wasn't allowed to skate for two months, so I just got a bike and just cruised around. And at that point, it was getting warm, so I started going to the beach and, oh. and also just enjoying freedom because during the lockdown, we weren't allowed out unless it was like going to the supermarket. And that's it. Like, exercise was banned. Yeah. I pretty much just stayed in within like a two or three block radius of the house to go to the supermarket. But even when you're out, you're just, oh, it's like cops are always sussing you out. And mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it was good. As soon as the hospital thing was done, they gave us a curfew where we were allowed to go out and exercise. It was just like, I don't know, after 11 days in the hospital, like, go out, just feel the sun. It's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Full, need it, man. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Nah. Good times. So. <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. Though. Yeah, good to hear you're on the other side of it, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that seems like a while ago now, actually. And this year's been great. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us about your backside lip mishap from back in the day? What's the story there? Ah, oh, who sent you that? <laughs> um, don't, don't worry, Doug. All right, all right. Um, yeah, back lip. Oh, when I was 14... I used to like skating handrails and I went to, we went to the spot and I tried to backlip it and I stuck up the top and fell back and I broke both my wrists, oh. completely snapped one and fractured the other. Yeah, I don't know, I guess I was, after that, I didn't think I didn't skate for like maybe six weeks or something, I had the casts on. Like I didn't have to have surgery because one was just like a clean snap, the other one was just, I guess, a small fracture. And... I just go skating. I had like a, one of those like half casts on oh. the whole six weeks um, for the one that I that I broke badly. So I just go and sk- that's I think that's the point when I started like I was like oh yeah, fuck rails and whack like I'm just gonna start trying to learn how to do. That's when I was like, I want to do like switchback tails. So I just skate with my like one cast and just try <laughs> them for like th- probably like three months or something, and then um, I don't know what else happened then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They broke. And I then, heard it was hard for you to get a ride from the spot. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess when I did it, it was because I was with a bunch of older guys. That was the first time I met Dave Carmi as well, actually. I remember him telling me, he's like, hold your wrist. I'm just like, ah. He's like, hold it up. Like, you know, I'll get a photo. You'll thank me for this later. Oh. I, I, but, I mean, I would be down to see it, but I don't. he can't find the photo. So, it's kind of like... <laughs> But yeah, I guess at that point it was like, okay, we got this kid with a broken arm and like, you know, who's going to take him to hospital? And then there was a few people that were kind of just like, oh, like one individual who I won't name, who was just like, oh, no, I can't be bothered with this shit, eh? Like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh my God. And then so my friend Skinner, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll take him to hospital. Yeah. So I guess that was the whole problem because they wanted to keep skating the rail and get photos <laughs> with Kami. And so it was just like, I don't know. That's insane. But I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad. I just don't know how you'd want to skate a rail after someone broke. Like, if I saw someone break their wrist, like, snap yeah, it to, like, yeah. deformity, I'd be like, oh, fuck. That's, You're like, get this that's kid pretty out gross. Of the way, man. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck him off to hospital and, like, let's go somewhere else. We could drop him off on the way. I don't want to deal with, like, mums and shit like that. <laughs> All right, y'all, it's that time of the episode. CHPO, giving back to the people. It's kind of what CHPO and the Bunt are known for, you know what I'm saying? This week, it's a race. First person to hit us 
with Ali Bulala's worst trend is getting a fat box. Send your answer to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Diamonds on your wrist and hater blockers on them eyes. Head over to chpobrand.com to see what you're missing out on and fill up that shopping cart. So yo, I have a massive fear of heights and heard that you clean skyscrapers or you did before. Uh, is that true? And are you insane on the low? What's <laughs> good with that? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm insane. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, well, at the start, a bunch of my friends were doing it in Melbourne. And at the time I was working in a timber yard and it was just the shittest job ever. Like just depressed old people, like cutting wood for peanuts and so I was just like fuck this I, I need a new job and all my friends that were doing it every year they'd be doing like a three month trip to the states or Europe or I know they were kind of cashed up so I was just like fuck this I, I want to do it so I went and did the ticket and called up my friend's boss and he's like yeah if you like if you pass the test like when you do your course you know I'll give you a, I'll give you a chance so I did that but I had to wait to do the course for like a month because I think they happened like yeah once every one or two months and then so for like coming up to it i was scared i was having dreams where i'd be like oh like first day i was like no i can't do it and it was just like <laughs> a big waste of money for the course and that but then when i actually well the first day i didn't go on the ropes i was just in a cherry picker getting some of the stuff that you couldn't abseil to mm-hmm. and we were up i think seven stories or something i was looking out there just like oh fuck like <laughs> kind of scared and then my friend at lunch took me to the top which is where I'd be cleaning on Monday. And I was just like, oh, fuck this. Like, this is like kind of... But then on Monday, I don't know, my friend set up all my ropes and stuff. And he's like, all right, check your harness. I was like, all right, cool. And then he's like, all right, jump on. I was just like, okay. <laughs> and I just jumped over and I was just like, oh, fuck, oh, this isn't man. that bad. Like now that I've done it. And then, so that first drop, I was kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know why I was stressing. Like, this is all good. Because I... I knew that the ropes were tied properly and like, I'm not going to fall. It's just getting used to that kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. environment of, I don't know, being up high. But then after lunch, so I was like, oh yeah, no, this is chilling. After lunch, it starts raining oh. and we're doing a drop and we have to do, my friend sits, obviously he's like going to try and like freak me out a little bit to like break me in. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, now you got to halfway down the building. It's like raining and windy. He's like, all right, you need to swing across and grab onto that window ledge and, like, clean the window. And I'm just kind of like, oh, what? Like, fuck, why, why am I doing it? I just started. So I had to, like, you know, run across the wall on the rope and then run back and swing over and try and grab it. And then, like, miss and then swing back. And then I'll be oh. swinging back towards him. I to see him getting ready to just, like, push Jesus. me back. I'm just like, oh, fuck. But uh, it was kind of, it was kind of thrilling, I guess. But, and then, I don't know, oh, just kind of got used to it after a while like if I look at say if I was in an apartment building or something I look over the balcony mm-hmm. at a height that if you fell you'd die and that kind of still gives me that weird feeling like oh yeah if I like, but as soon as I got used to that work once you're kind of clipped into a rope with your harness mm-hmm. I know you just learn to trust it so but then I guess you have days when I don't know maybe like on a Monday if you're really hungover or some shit and it's oh, like bad yeah. weather and you, you got like a really say if you're up like 50 stories or something and you're just kind of like wait, maybe wait, the wait. start of the day yeah you weren't on those like 
platform things you're no no we were like hanging on ropes and what the fuck that's common too Um, you have a queasy feeling just thinking about it my knees have been tingling this whole time just listening (laughs) i thought you were on a platform that's even more fucked oh my god yeah um but no it was it was a it was actually a really good job because that industry well i mean in australia at least they were really flexible with if you're like oh i'm gonna go away for three months they're like yeah cool give us a call when you get back so yeah because they need you guys man not too many people are willing to do it probably yeah yeah for sure um so that was that was a good thing about it like all right work through summer and then come to winter it's like okay uh, i'm gonna go to europe for three months or something and then cruise off you saved up coin and then you go do three months of just skating and fucking whatever else you do when you go on a three-month holiday and (laughs) and you're like all right i'm fucking i'm ready to work (laughs) get away from this lifestyle and then go back work for a bit and then maybe someone's like oh we're gonna go to you know Oh, let's go to fucking this place for Christmas or something. All right, sweet, pull the boss up. Yeah, cool. Take time <laughs> off whenever you want. So that was definitely the good thing about that job because I've, I mean, I've worked places where they're just kind of like, mm, you get four weeks holiday a year and yeah. um, we own you. <laughs> so it was yeah. nice to have that. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, what are some of the wildest things you've seen through the windows up there? What have I seen? Nothing like too crazy because we mostly did residential buildings and they'd put up signs in the elevator uh, like, the week before saying like they're going to be here on this date, like, you know, close your yeah. curtains for privacy and shit like that. But I've seen some people having sex once on the building across from where we were. That was pretty funny. Like, um, I, so many times abseiling down balconies. And someone would be just like, I don't know, just like smoking bongs and just kind of be like, hey. And then they'd be just like, oh, oh, oh. It's like, ah, chill. I don't give a fuck. Or like, you know, some people are like, oh, you want one? It's just like, oh. Yeah, that'd be not sick. now. <laughs> like sometimes people would like just walk past the window like butt naked. Oh, that's um, sick. Or, and then like they'd see you and they'd be like, ah, like freak out. <laughs> it was not what you'd think. Because I remember like getting into it. I was like, oh, man, like, I'm going to see crazy shit all the time. But, yeah. I guess people were kind of prepared for you. Well, because if they see ropes kind of like slap across their window, yeah. then, you know, they know someone's coming down on that. And mm-hmm. sometimes so they usually just draw their curtains or I don't know. Oh, actually, once someone, I guess they must have seen that we were coming down and they put an iPad up to the window and like face it the other way just with a porno playing and like <laughs> down, I was just like what the fuck I looked up this girl was just laughing at me I was just like I haven't seen that one before like yeah you're original that's um, sick oh yeah. fuck I almost got hit by an umbrella once so I was on the corner of a building all my mates were working on the other side I was on the corner where the wind was coming really strong and I guess usually you have, it's kind of like a, it's like a sucker on a handle, which you'd use to pull dents out of a car. And so we just have that like tied to a lanyard and you kind of, you smack that onto the window so you can mm-hmm. kind of control yourself. Cause uh, once you get like one story or two stories down, you have a little bit of swing on your rope. So you kind of got to yeah. hold yourself in place. And it was so windy that the, it was blowing me to the point where my sucker would pop off and I'd go flying yeah. around the corner and just start doing like 1080s and shit. <laughs> and I like, I tried to hold it like, you know, try to get, you know, a few floors done and then it was just getting way too crazy. I was just like, oh, fuck this, I'm going down. So I just started, it's like blowing me out across the street. I'm just like, <laughs> just spinning around, getting dizzy. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to die. Nothing's going to happen, but this feels fucking shit right now. And then I get to the bottom 
my mates come down and they're like, fuck, it's so lucky you went just when you did because like an umbrella just, like a massive umbrella just blew off someone's balcony and like flew oh. right past where you were Damn. at that point. So that was a good moment. I was I was working with Tuss Puppis as well. Damn. For our company. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny working with him. Wild stories. Except he was just, no, he never wanted to like clip into the rope. He'd always just be like, hey, and you thought, man, fucking clip in. Like, I don't want to see you die. Like, that's going to suck. And uh-huh. then he'd just be like, oh, 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 oh. But one day he actually <laughs> fell off the roof. Um, what the? Like, one of my mates was at the top. And I guess a few days before, someone had been caught doing something like not too sketchy, but enough that WorkSafe got called. And then the boss had to have a meeting. Like, <laughs> And um, so finally, it was just, of course, it's the one day that Tuss decides to clip in. But he'd clipped his roof, because when you're on top of the roof, if you're not going over, you have like a, you know, you work out, I don't know, maybe the diameter or whatever of how far you've got. It's called like fall arrest. So you basically are unable to fall over the side. But his was tied up all fucked up. And he, I don't know, I guess he was just walking backwards. It was like a big bundle of ropes or something. And he just tripped and fell off the roof. And um, because oh his rope was so long, he, and it was also connected to a part, which is like, I guess, like, by your belly button so when the rope finally kicked in it's just like it's like spinal but it it caught him like maybe half a meter above a glass like a glass panel it was like a balcony so he was lucky he didn't get split in half but he was just kind of standing just like oh Oh, my day later he's just like walking around the edge of the building with no rope apart from (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, he's yeah but it was it was funny working with him some uh good times clearly you don't have a fear of heights how come we don't see you jumping off more fat stacks of stairs dog oh fuck that uh i only do heights if there's like a rope because uh, <laughs> I, I can't i can't get hurt and yeah no stairs i just uh, doesn't really work out for me too well i don't know i got i got bad knees oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw you frontside flip a big stack in in one of your parts, but oh yeah, that's yeah, that was that's about as big as I think I'll ever go. Um, yeah, never again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Watching your footage, you've got clips from all around the globe. What are your top three skate and chill destinations? Prague. I like going to Prague. I got some good friends there. You got that plaza to skate. It's cheap. They got really good beer and food. In fact, there's a bar at the plaza, um, <laughs> Copenhagen. Classic. I've I've been there twice and had an amazing time. I know just the like canals or lakes or whatever you call them around the city for swimming, and it's it's always a wild time, which is fun. I wouldn't want to stay there too long on a holiday front. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, Copenhagen, and then. I'm going to say Barcelona. I mean, I guess I'm living here now, but I'm not long enough that I can still claim it as, I mean, yeah. kind of just feel like I'm on a holiday, really, because <laughs> I'm not cleaning windows. I'm just, like, chilling in my hammock <laughs> or going to the beach or going skating. So, yeah, I, mean, I guess what you call it, like, staycation. So, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the uh, Seki Presh era? Oh, yeah, Seki Presh. Yeah, that was a good time. Well, I guess the whole Seki Presh thing, it came from usually on a Thursday night they'd have what we call it art beers, which is basically someone would find out where they're having like an art gallery showing, and they always, they always like provide you know free purses we call it, and um, so we go to one of those and they'd usually start around like six or seven, and then 
after that to just go and transcape in the, I don't know, maybe like office building foyers. Like there was one spot, it was called Indoor 9. It was like a perfect nine stair and like a double rail. So if you go there at night time, you can kind of like bust in and then you've maybe got like between one and five tries <laughs> before this like security guy comes out just like yelling or trying to like fucking hit you or grab your board or something. Yeah. So I guess yeah, second pressure, you gotta go and you gotta do it before like so the security guard pressure. Oh. Yeah. So I need to like land something. Plus like you know everyone's been everyone's had a few beers so it's like adds everyone's getting rowdy and, <laughs> and just kinda like, oh just committing to shit. And then I know, I guess that kept, like, kept going on for a while. I ended up moving to Sydney halfway through Jeff filming that. But, yeah, that was great memories. Yeah, there's a video, right? Yeah. There's, like, a whole video? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sick of crash. Yo, that's so funny, though, because I feel like that's such a skater move to just find, like, an art gallery or some shit with free Any beer. party with free beer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Pretending to be into like the art for a sec, just yeah. not even pretending. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just nesting beers, like it's like you see someone just coming back from the like little table where they're sitting. They've got like three beers and they're hiding in their bags, <laughs> and they're going back for more. So as soon as they pick us out, it's like all right, we got a stash. It's so easy to make a skate party pop if you just say there's free beers, even if it's like just for an hour. It's like eight to nine, drinks are free. It's like yeah. so packed at eight o'clock. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What was the classic uh, Charles Rivard clip? Like, oh, it's free beers at FTC tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've been a bit of an underground legend for years, but I've had a bit of bad luck in terms of getting the exposure and notoriety you deserve. We would put you in the your favorite skaters, favorite skater category. You finally had a part drop for Adidas, and it was off the internet within a week. What's the story there? Um, I think it was some problem with music rights mm. and I guess they had to yeah I'm not really too sure oh okay it was music rights but <laughs> then, <laughs> um, yeah I guess it just the process of getting all those things sorted out takes a while so oh, that's all I know <laughs> but, well, it um, just it just dropped again so that's sick actually yeah, like yeah. between yeah, the time almost a year later <laughs> yeah between the time that we were like coming up with an interview like I, I had no idea it was just randomly gonna redrop so i'm glad it's out again basically so yours yeah, a long yeah, time yeah oh uh, yeah no it's good that it came back out i'm pretty hyped on that it was cool to be involved in an adidas project mm -hmm. yeah i remember dom telling us i think he was talking about you in his interview just saying that like you're so underground because all these unlucky things keep happening with like <laughs> footage and shit like that like it keeps like growing the legend keeping you like underground but yeah. at least this time the, the part's there for good hopefully for yeah, fuck's yeah. Sakes, go check it out yeah, it was, it's been a few days see what it's like in a week <laughs> <laughs> you had ties to the baker boys like you mentioned earlier the piss drunks distribution dustin dolan you went to the states to skate and hang with them but i heard you rolled your ankle on day one um, how come how come the Baker thing didn't pan out further? Um, well, yeah, the first the first year I went to the states, um, that's when Dustin was living over there. But he was the one who like kind of initially hooked me up through the distribution he had in Australia. So anyway, I finally like saved up some money to go over there and stay with him. 
And yeah, the third day I was there, we were skating a mini ramp at Brooklyn Projects, and I just, I don't know, like rolled my, I, I broke my ankle. Oh, doing something wow. stupid. So yeah, that was my first, I spent, I think, five weeks there, just cruising around on crutches. And, oh, damn. But it was fun. It was like around Halloween, there was lots of parties on, and I think I was 18 at the time, so it was a lot of fun for me to, you know. Yeah. Meet some of those people, and that was the first time I'd been to America as well. So there was lots of appealing things at the time. Mm-hmm. I had like, one of my friends gave me his ID before I went. He was like kind of like looks similar, so I was able to go to bars because I guess you know twenty one over there yeah. to go out. So yeah, oh, it was good. I just cruised around on my crutches and like got to jump in the van with Beagle a couple of times and just hang out. Yeah, it was cool. And then. I went there another time and I mean, no lie, I didn't do anything. I pretty much just like partied and <laughs> like probably filmed like two tricks or something that were average. And and then the third time, the third time was pretty good. I got to skate a lot with Beagle because the second time I went was just after that Shake Jump video had come out. So no one was really skating or I think a lot of people were away at the time. So it just kind of turned into one big three month party. And then the third time was... I know that was good. That's when we were filming for that PD video. Yeah. And that was cool. But um, I mean, fuck, like, look at like how gnarly those guys are and what they skate. Like, I'm not fucking stiffing to crazy shit like that. So I kind of I understand, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was cool. I had a good time. Uh, it was a lot of fun going skating with Beagle. He's a, he's a cool guy to be around. Um, just, like... I guess because he skates and he films classic, you know, he kind of understands how it is. Like, there would be days when, I guess, no one was skating, so that didn't, you know, we're not going to some, like, 15-stair rail or, like, you know, <laughs> something gnarly. And he'd be like, oh, cool. like, hey, Snape, oh, I, I know this, like, this, like, this little bump to wall down the street, but I don't know, I think you might be into it. Like, you know, you go check it out. Like, picked me up and he had this, like, Cadillac that he had just got. He got it for really cheap as well, this old-school Cadillac with, like, leather interior and, it picked me up and I don't know, just go and skate. It would just be some random little cutty spot. I'd be like, oh yes, yeah, this is like my this is my size, like. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know, just sit there. I guess we get get me to roll joints while he's driving sometimes, and fucking yeah, it was, it was cool to kick it with. But then yeah, after that third year, I I haven't been back to LA or like California since, other than like maybe a transfer to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was kind of hoping to go back this year just for a little trip because there's a few people I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. But um, as follows, the world is uh, on pause. So man's just got to chill in uh, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. I think the, um, the US is a no-fly zone for a little while. Mm, yeah, yeah. don't think I'll be going there anytime soon. No. <laughs> but I mean, I got kind of lucky in a way because being over here... You can still kind of travel around Europe. And yeah. I know, like, if I was back in... Because when the, the first lockdown was announced here in Spain, um, that's when the, a bunch of the Dime guys were here. That's where I met uh, Will mm-hmm. was here. They were meant to stay for a little longer. Um, also, my friend from Australia, this guy, Sean Paul, Sean Apal, was here. And, um, <laughs> I guess DC, they were on a DC trip and then something like that. I guess it got announced that on Monday it was going to be like full lockdown. 
So I guess DC was like, yes, we've got to get everyone out of here. And I got a, I got a call f- or like a message from Adios like, hey, like, do you want to come back? And I was kind of like, oh, nah, fuck that. I'll just do the lockdown here. Because at the time they're like, yeah, it'll be two weeks. And so I was like, all right, we'll just have like a two week bender or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> just two weeks of chunk. And then obviously it didn't quite turn out that way. It ended up being two and a half months and you really weren't allowed to go out and do anything or socialize. And then like burst appendix and all this shit. And then... Fuck. But now that's all over. It's good because I mean, I kind of sound like an asshole, but all my friends are back in Melbourne doing a lockdown right now, and it looks miserable. But um, mm-hmm. I'm chilling here, going to the beach, and <laughs> you know, hey, you put in your able- time, man. You, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in sure. days too, so. And also, like, if I want to, this is the part that sucks about those because if I don't know when Australia and well, because I want to go back to New Zealand around Christmas, but I don't think that's going to happen because. If I go back there, you have to stay for a minimum of 90 days and you have to like do a hotel for two weeks and it's just, flights are really expensive. So I guess until, I don't know, all this stuff is sorted or I don't know, whenever that may be, it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm chilling over here. That's not that bad. (laughs) It doesn't sound that bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nah, no complaints. So you made the move to Sour Skateboards, one of our favorite brands out there. How did that come about, and how are you liking being a sour man? Oh, yeah, I love being sour. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, so I came, to, well, I came to Barcelona last year after a, it was like a small trip for Adidas Australia and Portugal. But that was for two weeks, and I was like, if I fly all the way to Europe, I'm not going to just come for two weeks. Like, if I make it over here, I'm going to definitely stay for at least a month and a half. So I went to Morocco and then I flew to Barcelona to, I know I just, I hadn't been here in a few years and my friend Eli from Sydney was living here. So I kind of organized to meet up with him and crash at his. And I guess he'd just met Gustav recently through our friend Gabbers or Gabriel Summers, another friend of mine yeah. from Australia. So anyway, I, ended, I, I don't know, met up with him, we went to the sour office and I met I like met most of those guys. I'd met Gustav once before, um, but yeah, Jack and Oscar were chilling there and I, and I was started drinking with them and then they're like, oh, we're going to go skating tomorrow, like roll with. So I was like, oh, okay, like came hang out. Didn't film one trick the whole three weeks that I was there, but just like, I don't know, just kicked it, hang out, went to Copenhagen Open and then like bumped, like ended up meeting all of them there. And after we had to bounce from our, um, hostel stayed they had like a little sour Airbnb out by the airport so just me and Eli just went and crashed on the floor there and at the end of it Bjorn was like oh you know like do you want some boards and to like you know see what happens I was like yeah fuck, that sounds cool like and um but I went back to uh, there was there was a bit of talk of like because I obviously being here on holiday I was like oh fuck, I want to move here I suppose it's cool <laughs> it's like you're a classic and then also, because I have the British passport, I, it was going to be pretty easy for me to do that because I don't have to worry about visas. And um, right. so just like a day before I flew back to Melbourne, uh, Gustav messaged me saying that they had a room or they were looking for a three-bedroom house. And, you know, if I wanted to take the third bedroom, like, you know, that was an option. I was like, okay, like that sounds pretty cool. But I, had a, I, was, I was with a lady at the time back in Melbourne 
so that was kind of like the ooh, like yeah, I don't know if I can really do the move. <laughs> like, is, like is she gonna come with me? But then like that, I think that could like turn a bit like sour. Um, you know, just like because uh, easy for me because I like you know you skate, you know people, you meet people. It's, it's easy for us. Maybe yeah. a little harder for her. But she ended up leaving me anyway, so that um, <laughs> actually, it actually was kind of like a blessing in disguise because then as soon as that happened, I was just messaged Guth. I was like, is room still available? He's like, yeah, yeah, sweet. So I was just like, boom, I'm moving in and just got my affairs in order and moved to Spain. And then, yeah, I guess Bjorn was just like, yeah, I'll give you boards. And, you know, I guess it was kind of like get some footage or do some shit like this. And then mm-hmm. that this could turn into you getting on sour. I don't know. It was never really said. It was just kind of... That's mm-hmm. what it seemed like. And then after that, Adidas Punk came out, uh, Sammy messaged me. I was in Australia at the time. He's like, yeah, sweet. So, like, you know, you're on. I was just like, oh, chair. Like, Damn. <laughs> all good. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I mean, they're all just like, it's just like family there, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of, I don't know. This is, it's nice. It's, uh, I don't know. I get, yeah, moved to Barcelona. I hang out with Swedish and one Norwegian people. Um <laughs> yeah it's it's great they're all like I don't know get along well with everyone everyone's pretty crack up um yeah it's good that's really dope man yeah I was hyped when I saw you had some sour gear on in that part because I wasn't I didn't even know until I watched that yeah but uh yeah congrats on that that's dope uh, thank you it's a dope fit mm-hmm. when you stomped that switch inward they had no choice <laughs> but to put you on man. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah they, they felt sorry for me I, I was like an orphan they gave me home. <laughs> Were you not getting boards before that? Oh man, lots of I was no, I was definitely getting looked after. Like there was a distribution in Australia. Uh, I don't know if you heard of a guy, Anthony Mapstone. Yeah. He's kind mm-hmm. of like one of the godfathers um, back in Australia and he had always just like So you need boards? Like hook me up. So yeah, I was always yeah, so, yeah. always sorted for boards. I right, no, was, that's sick, but it like you weren't on like a, yeah, yeah. a team or anything. It was like yeah getting hooked up homie yeah like styles, yeah which is also cannot complain about that like, yeah no for sure <laughs> it's, yeah big ups mappy thanks thanks for looking after us dude he had sick clips in that uh in the digby video oh yeah no, he's still his got clips it, were crazy the 180 nose grinder regs Jeez. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah snapped man. dumb fresh yeah he's still got it you see his instagram see him hitting the bag he's yeah he's a he's an animal <laughs> Uh, your teammates with the man, the myth, the legend, Gustav Tonison on Sour and Adidas. Do you have any uh, road tales for about Gustav for the people? Road tales? Um, yeah, for those who have met Gustav, he's a pretty like reserved guy. He's super chilling. One thing that I think is hilarious that he said, um, and those who met him say he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. But he was. this is during the time of... Um, so it's not on the road. This is at the COVID mansion, um, <laughs> circa this year. He, because he had the symptom where you couldn't taste anything. Oh shit! <laughs> he's just cooking this meal, and you know, he's like starting to put all these spices and sauces, and he just goes, he's like, I don't even know why the fuck I'm putting all this sauce, and I can't taste this shit anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now he's a legend. Good guy, goose. Although Gustav, you gotta you gotta get out of bed earlier, straight up. Man sleeps till like fucking three in the afternoon. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty funny when when um, 
Yeah, man, he's, uh, I wish I could do that sometimes because if I sleep in too long, I get anxious and shit. I'm like, I've got to get out and do something. Um, yeah. When we were first allowed out with restrictions, I'd get up at like six in the morning because we had only like three hours in the morning you were allowed out. You had to get up early. I'd get up at six in the morning. I'd see someone see him like going to bed. Like, you know, I'm getting up <laughs> oh. to like go out and like, <laughs> it's just like, right, so I'm going to bed. See you in the afternoon. Legend. Absolutely. We heard a funny story about you getting into some trouble over a teaspoon of sugar. What's the story there? <laughs> oh, um, oh yeah. When I was when I first moved to Australia when I was seventeen, um, I don't know. I guess I was just like <laughs> I was living in a house with a bunch of older cats that also moved over from New Zealand, and, um, and we were like living together, working together, like. There's like a big stoner house, I guess, as well. And um, I guess one day I just, because there's like a bag of sugar on the counter, you know, it's just like, it's fucking sugar, like, you know, help yourself. And one, <laughs> one day, one day my friend, he comes in, he's just like, where's all my sugar gone? <laughs> and like, I was just like, oh, yeah, sorry, man. I was like, just kind of going in on it. Like, I'll, I'll get you another bag. But I just guess I caught him at the wrong time. He's just like, go get me one now. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was just like oh, chill. I'm not going to not gonna go all the way to the supermarket with sugar right now. He's still got half a bag. And then, you know, he just, he just and also I was, because they were all like in, you know, like mid 20s, I think at that time or early 20s. I was like this little kid, so I don't. I don't think he liked being talked to. Like like that. Like I said, I probably just caught it at the wrong moment. He slapped me. Oh what? <laughs> I just kind of like, I just kind of like laughed as I like, fuck this. He just like walked off, and then he he's like, no, come back here, Gromit. Like, go get me some sugar. Like, he's still he's still a good friend of mine now. It's it's pretty funny to look back on, but yeah. Yeah, don't be fucking around with a man's sugar. That's that's what I can say. <laughs> Holy <that>. shit, <laughs> that's epic. <laughs> yeah, just de- yeah, deny till you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, where is honesty get you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> we heard uh, we heard things weren't going so well financially at one point, and uh, you and your buddy decided to give squeegeeing a try. <laughs> What what happened there, Doug? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was the recession's fault for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this was actually in 2009 because I, I was working at Burton for a few months. So in the warehouse and then that came to an end and I was, yeah, I mean, oh, I had the option to keep that job but I was naive and I was like, yeah, no, no, I'll just, I'll go find something else and sure enough, couldn't find a job. Like, tried doing the, like, walking around, dropping in resumes into, like, clothing stores, but they just pretty much everything's there. Just put that straight in the bin for sure. And then I guess just basically we just sit there trying to scheme a way to pay the rent. The first one was, yeah, doing squeegee bandits. And um, <laughs> so me and my – because I remember once – I remember hearing a friend say that they used to do it in New Zealand – and they were probably talking shit, or maybe it was good back then. They're like, yeah, you can make like, you can probably make like a hundred bucks in a day if you like find a good intersection and <laughs> whatever. So I was like, okay, like, I, I got to pay one hundred and forty dollars rent. Like maybe you know, we'll, we had like no money at this time. And so me and my friend, we went to the petrol station and we just like went and stole the squeegees, like you know they have by the pet, like by the gas yeah. pumps to clean your window. So we had to like rack those and get it. It's my friend Frank Todd. Um, and then, 
and I guess we did the same for the detergent or I think we probably had it at the house and filled up a couple of like bottles and just you know set out for the day try and make some uh, <laughs> make some money and then um, yeah first intersection is just a complete failure because you know we were, didn't think ahead oh yeah you've got to work out when the lights go green and then <laughs> yeah so like first one like I yeah, there's, yeah, I don't know, no one wanted to give us money because usually the people that are doing that, they're like junkies or they're just kind of like, you know, they're a bit older, they can be taken seriously. We were like 17 or 18 at the time, just like baby face. So people were just like, what the fuck are these kids doing? And then, so yeah, first lights just didn't work out. It was just like probably almost caused an accident or something. And then we got the train out to Bondi and found this nice little intersection like okay we'll warm up here you know and like like, work the lights out and things like that so yeah i think like the first few cars you know everyone's just like no 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 and then like people actually gave us money not to come near their cars like threw money out the window and it's like like, and then and then after a while we're like you know we'll just like go and clean people's windows and if they want to pass it's up to them and if not like fuck it all good and then so did that a few times. People were just like, ah, like you get all uncomfortable. Like, they look really uncomfortable. It's like, oh, this is fucking weird. Like, we've got no money. And then, yeah, this one lady pulls up and her, like, I don't know, Range Rover or something. I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to go up and clean the window. As soon as I start doing it, she just starts screaming at me. She's like, what are you doing, you piece of shit? I've got a son who's probably your age. Like, what are you doing? And then, then the light had gone green and she hadn't realised and she was like yelling at me and then the car behind was like beeping and it's been like fucking like you know yeah. it was a it was a failed attempt at making rent but but me and my friend me and my friend both had five dollars each by the end of it so when I walked back to Bondi Junction I think I like spent it on a can of coke and some Lucy's and and I just went home and back to scheming on how to get rent money again damn bro that's crazy. A quick failed attempt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about a certain night out with your boy Alex at an adult entertainment establishment where a fight may have broken out? Well, I don't think there was really a fight. It was like I was back in Auckland and we'd just been at, yeah, anyway, whatever. And then I guess he was like, all right, so I'm going to boost home. Like, you crash on my couch if you want. This is like, four in the morning or so I was like no I'll go get a taxi home um I was visiting Auckland at the time because I was living in Australia so I'd go back to my mum's out in the suburbs but no taxi would pick me up they're just like yeah look at this drunk piece of shit and then um <laughs> and then so I was like all right so you caught up Alex I was like hey actually I might need to crash on your couch I can't get a ride home and then I was walking up and I just like see this group of I don't know those were like yeah four or five guys or something just chilling and then I know this is kind of like some classic shit that would happen in NZ, you know, if you're just like walking, people would be like, give me your shoes or like, you know, give me your hat and <laughs> just like, just jump you for no reason. So I was kind of walking up, I was just like, oh yeah, this kind of looks like that situation. And then I just started out, got up and then they're just like, hey, 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 hey. And then I was just like, oh, fuck this. So like, later, just gapped it up the street. They'll start chasing me, but I, I got away. Hid, like, and then I was like, all right, fuck, what do I do? So I went and hid down this little car park entrance. And then I called up my mate Alex. I was like, okay, like, there's all these dudes outside your house trying to roll me. Like, when I call you, I, like, wait at the front door of the apartment. And I'm going to, like, fucking gap in the door. And, um, yeah, because, fuck, I'm not trying to get rolled right now. Um, there's no <laughs> way I can take on five guys. Probably can't even take on one guy. But fucking, um, 
And then so I, I, he calls me back. He's like, all right, sweet, I'm down here. Now I walk out. He's standing there with like a, a Stevie Williams board. <laughs> <laughs> it's the graphic that was the remake of the Javante, which is just like the eyes and the mouth. He's yeah. just like standing at the door with that. And then so the guys that had like chased me, they're like, oh, they see him and then they see me just gapping it down the street and then they try and like so I just made it in the door and then Alex is standing with Damn. the water and I boom, slammed it and yeah, it was a it worked out well but yeah otherwise I would have got straight rolled by them that's so gnarly <laughs> no he came through I would have been fucked otherwise oh actually I would have just had to walk back to Green Bay but that would take a while um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Tom uh Oh, okay, so um, we're filming for the Sour Solution 3 at the moment, so just keep doing that. I think we're going to try and do some more small trips around Europe. Do that, maybe, I don't know, work on my Spanish, because I haven't been doing shit <laughs> in terms of uh, <laughs> learning the native tongue here. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Just chill here until, I don't know, can travel properly again, and let's try work on this video part and just try and live in Barcelona for a bit longer and uh, not lose my mind. Great challenge living here. It's going to be a hell of an addition to the Sour videos, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, looking oh, forward yeah. to that, man. Sour Solution 3, let's go. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. Coming 2020, 2020, I don't even know when. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it should be good. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week, it's an honor and a privilege to be brought to you once again by Dickies. And this week, we talking the original 874 work pants. Yo, D. Jones, I got mines on. You got yours? <laughs> Let's hit these streets, Deggy. Your favorite skater's favorite pant. And of course, your favorite podcaster's favorite pant, Dickies. Tom Snape, you ready? <laughs> All right, Tom, it's that time. A little rapid fire with your boy. Right. You ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Favorite skater? James Wright. Favorite video? Trilogy. Favorite video part? Mariano Mouse. Favorite style? Rob Welsh. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? James Wright. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Ooh, Aussie Dave. Word. I thought you were going to say Gustav for sure. He's <laughs> uh, um, number two. Um. <laughs> Favorite trick? J Japan air. <laughs> hardest trick for oh, you. Straight up. Man, that's the hardest trick for me. Just had it. I've done one fly out of a bowl once in my life and it probably looked nothing like a Japan air, but I'm claiming that shit. <laughs> Most illegal trick. Easy. A Nolly Smith grind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic. Ugh. Classic. The worst. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Favorite clip I've ever gotten. Um, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably, probably the switch in would heal. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Oh, Gabriel Summers is rolling off a roof onto a balancing door, hanging out of a window frame to, like, yeah, just madness. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. If you, exactly. if you skate with him, it would definitely be something. Yeah, oh, for sure. yeah. Just watching him do some psycho shit. Yeah, for sure. 
What's the one trick that got away? I don't know, probably something I would have claimed at, at Lincoln Square and then it got demolished. <laughs> Even though I probably claimed it like months before and didn't step up. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Uh, Sam Wood trying to do a um, danger off the like this roof at IMAX and he, I mean, he stomped it and he looked like he probably couldn't walk for a few days and I don't even think he claimed it but that was just some straight up G shit right there um, wait what are you trying to do what's it, a like, like a, um, it's like when you stand with your board and like a nose pick position on the edge of something oh. like, kind of like oh, well, I don't know yeah. maybe that's what it's called or maybe it has a completely different name sorry to all the nerds out there I may have offended with that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah he it was literally just off a drop onto nothing and just in the IMAX drinking I think someone was like yeah I'll get like two boxes of beer which is I mean that's like currency in Australia it's you know around $50 for a, for a case so you know he obviously felt obliged to feed the family so he, uh, he tried to get amongst that and it's, it's pretty funny <laughs> pretty funny that's footage scary. of that What's the last new trick you learned? Like switch manual, switch flip out. Sick. What? Yo, that's so sick. <laughs> I just learned that two, like two days ago. Yeah? Yeah. Respect. Damn, I'm surprised you took that long to learn it too, dog. Yeah. Like I felt like when I did it, I'm like, damn, I'm surprised I've never done this before. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I was like fucking stoked. Manuals, I, I kind of, definitely not my forte, but I don't know. It's like, you know, Escape with Gustav, you see how he, does so mm-hmm. I seen how he did them and I was like, oh, okay, like I don't know, maybe maybe I can do one of these and <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm hyped though. It just unlocks so many tricks because now if you do something in and now you have the option to switch flip out, that's a clip right there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. Like yeah. um but I wanna try to learn the switch heel out, like you know, like winning so can that's or like and re that shit's way more G like. <laughs> <laughs> than switch flip, yeah. Yeah, fuck, I gotta yeah, relearn that one. Yeah, but you can do those. Oh. I've only done one, and yeah. I fakey shoved in. Like I've never done oh, switch man, switch heel. I just Damn. fluked it out. Respect. Back in the day. Anyways, I was like you were saying, we got the same trick selection, I guess. I yeah. fucking told you, man. You fucking <laughs> looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> um, what's your dream job after skating? I don't know. Maybe like a doing landscaping again, or I don't know something. Just like you know, working outside with my hands I don't know even though I'm not really that good at it <laughs> it's just yeah <laughs> basically anything that's just like not being in an office or something like that I don't know if that's dream job I think maybe that's more like reality or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the most realistic yeah, job yeah, yeah. Like dream job oh, warehouse for sure <laughs> where, where, warehouse manager you know like <laughs> nah 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 uh, can you dream bigger you got a bigger dream oh a bigger dream um oh i i mean dream job if i had like already cracked it or you know i reckon it'd be pretty cool to be a pilot okay sick yeah that's dope or like or actually no 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 okay i, I figured it out so you watch those like Bear grills, fucking going in oh, lost yeah, yeah. in the middle of nowhere or something. But you see the behind the scenes, or like on an Edinburgh thing, and you see the like the film crew or whatever, and mm-hmm. they I guess got to carry all this equipment and like abseil down, like doing something like that. I think that'd be pretty oh, that's cool. Sick. After dope. like doing a little bit, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Right. Just beats warehouse manager, but yeah, <laughs> you know. Favorite local brand. 
favorite local brand in New Zealand, I'll say uh, my boys at Arcade. Favorite local skater? LC. Ben Laurie Lincoln Child. Okay, He's an cool. Australian guy. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll see him, you'll see him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Ooh, definitely Globe. oh that's sick favorite teammate ever favorite teammate ever ooh who's the worst um that's the next question (laughs) pick a good one this time favorite favorite team member um right now I would say Toby Locke worst teammate ever I'll say Dom Henry because he was on the same globe (laughs) distribution (laughs) back in New Zealand (laughs) <laughs> nah, just kidding. I love you, Dom. But you, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna cop that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Worst company. Sour. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Just kidding. Um, sweet. Yeah, I'll say sweet skateboards. I don't even know anything oh. about them, but you know that's the the friendly rivalry. So it would <laughs> only be right to say sweet skateboards. That's <laughs> Worst trend. I don't know that one where I liked it when. Like, you know, certain people who kind of started that thing of like, you know, zooming in on someone's face and then like panning away and then zooming oh, in on their yeah, shoes yeah. and like zooming in on their pants and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, so I like it when he did it, but now it seems that every video has that in it as it's like this new forte yeah. that you have to buy it. But I don't know. I think it's more so the fact when people don't make it look dope, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just annoying. Uh, yeah, not like Strobeck or you have a master. Yeah, I mean the best the best trend is yeah going fast and doing nothing. That's the worst <laughs> trend. I mean yeah, fashion skating. Worst style. Um, Dan Pagu. <laughs> Coming at Canadian. Is he Canadian? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He's got a good switch flip on him, though, that's for sure. (laughs) How are you going to come at that nolly laser heel blunt slide, man? It's disrespectful. (laughs) I'm sorry, man, but I I stand by that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Last person you want on the sesh? Last person, uh, Matt Skerritt. No, actually, no one would know who that one is, so I can't say that. Worst person. (laughs) 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 I don't know, Braden Safransky. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Oh, damn, oh, shit. damn, bro, you got him. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's gonna wrap up our interview with Tom Snape. Thank you so much, man. This was a blast. Oh, thank you very much for having me on the show. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Now time for our favorite segment, Fanboy of the Week. This is a feel-good story here. It's a hater turned a lover. Double Steve Berger from Slap Message Board says, I second this season, being season 11, being one of the best yet. I used to shit on the bunt, and now I'm giving the entire catalog a twice over. (laughs) That's our dog right there. Double Steve Berger. Yo, Double Steve Berger, man. Shouts to you. I mean, we know... We're an acquired taste, you know what I'm saying? At first listen, you might not get that we're just whack, silly dudes. But, you know, we can grow on you if you give us a chance. So, uh, shouts to Steve Double Burger, whatever his name is. That's it. Uh, we appreciate you listening, Bredgie.
Considerate taste acquired, man. Yeah. You've got mail. Welcome back to the post office. Proudly brought to you by Dickies Quality Workwear since 1922. The toughest gear from your work to the streets. Say who we got up first. All right. First up, we got an email from Scott Cartnagainer. I always say his name wrong. (laughs) He wrote how to say it. Cartnagainer. My bad, homie. (laughs) Glad to have you boys back. I've got two questions for you this week. The first is inspired by one of your episodes from last season. When you had Danny Garcia on the show, he mentioned that he was psyched on his narrow ollie in the from his intro in Mosaic. I've always thought that that was super underappreciated. It modestly flies by in uh, in the parts intro, but it was sick. What are your favorite clips that may have gotten overlooked due to maybe the edit angle or clip length? Jake switchback nose blunt at the Battery Park flies by in black and white in that strobeck transworld section that's an ender for almost any pros part but if you blink watching this montage you'll miss it and my second question is can i get a box oh i like the balls on you cardigainer yeah they for sale on the the shop part of the buntlive.com i look forward to episodes to come peace scott green cans the first one that jumps to mind that's a a great question because I love fucking, or I kind of hate when that happens. Like a clip gets, you feel like it got disrespected. But mm-hmm. one that goes by so fast that I always found like so sick was uh, our boy James Hardy switchback 180 nose grinds. Like a p- pretty big, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a pretty known hubba in California. But it just goes by one time, one angle, no slow motion, and it's like I don't know, maybe like a 12 stair switchback 180 nose grind down a hubba. Uh, that one deserves some extra respect on it, but he's just that much of a beast that you can't slow-mo every damn clip. For me, the first thing that came to mind was Rob Welsh's whole part in Lakai Fully Flared. There's just too much going on in that goddamn video. You can't really pinpoint the greatness of Rob Welsh, and it's it's short. I think it's just like a minute, minute and a half, but Rob Welsh, incredible footy. Go watch that again, man. And you got a box for this guy? Yeah, for Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a pizza box. Card gainer, man. Thanks for the email. All right, next up, we got an email from Sean Cagney. Yo, what up? When's the web store going to have those buttery hats again? Also, shout out to y'all. Y'all kill it. Man, we've been talking about it all episode. Those hats is coming soon. The buttery ones just get more and more buttery as they go along. We might have more than one this time, too. They might even, our shit might even be available in a couple shops across Canada too, eh? Shit. You're giving out a little bit more info as we go along, eh? All right, next up, we got an email from Lucas Thurston. Lucas coming at you, Bunt Boys, from Sydney, Australia. I'm loving the illegal trick callouts on the show. To fuel the debate over what is or isn't legal, I'm wondering if you boys each have a trick commonly considered illegal that you don't think should be. I know for me, I'd go with 270s into board slides and hurricane grinds. Catch ya. Hold on a minute. Is he saying that those are illegal? Yeah. Neither of those are illegal. Damn, Donald, you just posted a frontside hurricane of yourself. (laughs) Fucking God damn it, Lucas. But I don't think either of those are illegal. 270 is the board side. It's like, if you did a back 270 board, that's pretty bad. Yo, you know what's funny about this email? Yesterday, Donald did tricks. a cab front board on a flat bar and a hurricane. 
he's butt hurt right now. Shit. I'm confused, yo. I gotta go. Damn, Lucas. <laughs> but do we have one? Uh, well, yeah, just for the record, I don't think either of those are illegal either. I'm a huge fan of a, a steezy back hurricane, especially when like someone not hesh does it. Like I remember P-Rod did one in a in oh, 4163 and it was so swagged out. And uh 270s into board slides, like come on man. Fucking Jeff Rowley, you telling me that's illegal? Hell nah. Classic 270 lips, back 270 lips and cab front boards, man. So the question is is there a trick that is commonly considered illegal that we don't think is? Yeah. Probably. Or maybe, I mean, we're pretty strict, so we probably agree with consensus for the most part. But we are the consensus now. <laughs> but there's definitely illegal tricks that we enjoy doing, even though they're illegal. Just because. What's, they're, what's they're one easy. for you? Um. Yo, I actually never did this trick until we filmed one of the first like illegal montages and it was half cab nose 270 yeah. and I remember doing it and I was like, you know, that actually felt all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one definitely feels cool. Yeah, honestly, fuck. We're racking our minds over here and uh, they're illegal. Anything, they're yeah. illegal for a reason, I think. Well, uh, if something pops into our mind, maybe we'll shout it out later in the post office, but we're pretty strict over here. Let's keep it moving. Next up, we got an email from Daniel Dorsa. Yo, boys, last season was a total barn burner and can't wait for the next. Really loved both Ellington's and Grant's episodes. I've also kept up with the video reviews and love those as well. Whew. Anyways, enough ass kissing and let's get to the question. The word legend gets thrown around a ton when it comes to pro skaters. When I think of a true legend, I feel like it should be someone who will always have a pro board, even if they aren't skating much anymore. Who would your top five pros that should always have their name on a board be? Thanks, Daniel. All right, let's just do five together and go back and forth. I'm going to spark it with Andrew Reynolds. Jeff Rowley. Brian Wenning. P-Rod. How many is that? Four. Four. And uh, we'll close it off with, um, all you got to really do is think about like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I literally, did, and it was just like, just say Costin. Oh, yeah. There you go. Eric Costin. Done. It is like the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater. You know what? Keith the Huffman, legend of pain. Rest in peace, Huff. All right. Next up, we got an email from Max Liu. How do you get a job in the skate industry? Do you think it's about contacting people in the industry or just going the DIY route and doing your own shit till it pops off? Let me know your thoughts. Peace from New York. Honestly, I think that the skate industry is similar to the world of pro sports where the jobs are reserved for ex-athletes. Does that make sense? Unless you start your own business, I'm sure you can start whatever you want, a wheel company, a clothing company, then there you go, you got a job. But all the sick jobs are pretty much reserved for homies or ex-teammates or stuff like that. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, unless you're going into like accounting for like a bigger brand or something. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's an industry where resumes probably, you know, only factor in for a certain amount of people looking for jobs from the outside looking in but yeah homies like you said homies and ex-skaters but i kind of like that that the 
a lot of brands like take care of their riders 100%. After the unless fact. you have a specific skill like editing or graphic design or something like that that you're going to bring to the table that you know you could take the company in a different direction or make it better but if you're just looking for like a warehouse job or like a, being a tm or something like that talent scout those jobs are probably reserved yeah you got to be a homie or an ex-skater but you didn't tell us what what you're looking to do so we can't really help but uh best of luck max hope you in the industry soon doug that's gonna wrap up the post office for this week make sure you get your emails and voice notes in to the bunt live at gmail.com Welcome to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by Canada's premium pilsner. Steam whistle, the only buzz. Yo, I'm kind of hungover from fucking all those brewskis yesterday, man. <laughs> God damn it, steam whistle. What were you sipping on yesterday? The gray can, actually. Which one's that again? That's the light session lager. Woo! Love me some of those. Mixing the gray cans with the white cans. They got all sorts of colors, man. Just get whatever kind of steam whistle you like. Green cans. It is NBA Finals time, and we aren't even watching, man. Why is that? Uh, I hate to... I feel like we're being bad reporters, letting the people down, but these finals... I mean, these playoffs have been a letdown since the Clippers... No, no the playoffs have been great. No, they, they've been... As, since, the, since the conference finals ended... Or, sorry, to me, I was, like, over it. The Eastern Conference Finals were great. Don't get me wrong, but... Um, Y'all know I don't like LeBron, and as soon as the Clippers lost, to me it was just a matter of time till LeBron gets his fourth ring, which is just pure trash. Fuck it, man. Fuck the NBA. Let's move over to the NHL. <laughs> Do you even know who wait, won wait. the bet? One last thing about that. I hope that AD gets Finals MVP just to see LeBron's face and see him trying to pretend to be hyped on AD being finals MVP. Well, multiple times they've both said how they're just happy for each other yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah, and yeah. we don't care. So we'll find out. We'll find out. You can just see it in their eyes. But yeah, do you even know who won the bet for the NHL? I hope I did. The Tampa Bay Lightning won in five, right? They did. Hell Or maybe yeah. it was six, but either way. Yeah, Tampa Bay, let's go. I'm a huge fan. Donna owes me a cheeseburger. <laughs> well, actually, I owed him one, so now we're at even. That's kind of boring. I though. hate that that happens. No, we should we should just actually take each other out for both because instead of just being like no cheeseburgers. Yeah, let's get two. These have to be paid up bets. Yeah, so we'll go to that new spot. Let's move over to the NFL. Riddle me this, dog. How does Cam Newton get COVID and no one else on the Patriots? Because the fantasy gods are against me this year. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking pissed, man. I'm fucking getting smacked down every week. Even when I put up big scores. Anyways, this ain't about me. I don't know how that happened. It's interesting. And uh, we're recording this Sunday night. So fingers crossed to everyone who's playing Patriots or Chiefs tomorrow. If the game gets canceled and we're you don't fucked. have a backup, it could fuck you. So hopefully that game goes down. And uh, Cam, get well soon. You're the leader of my most important team, so uh, goddamn. And it says he's probably not back for week five, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think James White's back, so shouts to him. Uh, 
obviously dealt with a lot so. overcoming a tragedy yeah hopefully he gets like three or four tds man and from brian Hoyer. let's look into our crystal ball like you said it's sunday night here there have been nothing but negative tests on all of the patriots so far but they'll go through another round of testing tomorrow is the game gonna pop i'm gonna say yes i hope so Just as well man yeah, this COVID shit sucks, man. I don't want it to start spreading like wildfire like baseball had early in their season. That shit mm. sucked. And hopefully, like, just other teams seeing, like, oh, shit, once it spreads, like, there's the NFL looks is looking into the Titans further. You know, you can get you almost ha- You almost need this to happen so that people take it more yeah, serious. Exactly. Because, exactly. man, it really affects the whole team. If there's one weak link, like, it you're all one right now especially going against something like this that's the thing man. the invisible enemy man the first two weeks there was zero cases or maybe no the first three weeks there was no cases Mm -hmm. and so maybe some people were like all right we got this and started getting lax but went to magic city for some chicken wings yeah hopefully uh the steelers situation and titans hopefully it's a a good wake-up call for everyone to keep it mellow man let's get this season back underway have we finally seen what Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. are capable of in beating the Dallas Cowboys this week? Are you? Are they did, finally? Did you watch the game? No, no I didn't. One didn't watch was a fucking reverse trick. Well, play. it was from Landry, yeah. But no, they played great. No, but okay, he had three touchdowns. I'm not talking about one like, was from Landry and, and one the last was a one fucking was rushing touchdown. Yeah, it was, the last one was terrible. But the team played great for the most of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Kareem Hunt vaulted into the starting role without Nick Chubb. What is their what is the ceiling for the Browns? Can they get to the playoffs? Can they win a game? Well are they better with or without Nick Chubb? No, they're better with Nick Chubb. But yo, that backup running back came in. I think he rushed for over a hundred, man. He was looking unstoppable too. That offensive line's fucking creating some nice gaps. Just rush, 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 man. Maybe the coaching change was all they needed. Baker's still not great, I don't think. Like he they put up forty nine points. I think he had like nineteen fantasy points. Like they they find ways to score without him. Uh, well, no, he's not the best player on the team. Both the no. running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, are the two best players. And Miles Garrett, he's out here disrupting. Yeah, I was talking mostly offense. True, yeah. true. Uh, and Odell, obviously, like throw him with a proper QB. Throw him on the. Well, the that's Packers. what they've been saying forever. Yeah. I know, I know. But no, seriously though, throw like imagine he had Devonte Adams' role, he'd be putting up crazy numbers too there's so many wide receivers out there like that imagine keenan allen had aaron Rodgers. yeah imagine Allen robinson had aaron Rodgers. not every wide receiver gets to have that hall of fame quarterback and that's what makes the the duos the best right yeah d hop a true legend for putting up big ups numbers with a bunch of scrubs over the years nothing but fucking scrubs and he was always looked as a top five wide receiver but back to the question what's the ceiling for the browns this year playoffs first round exit it'd be tough for them to get into the playoffs too because you got to think that pittsburgh and baltimore are going to make it yeah yeah that's the ceiling you ask ceiling i'm saying playoff spot and a first round exit that's a tiny little ceiling for the boys (laughs) i mean fuck man like dallas is pure dust so far who else did they beat do they have any like actually good wins on the year so far they've beat the Bengals, the washington football team and the cowboys they got their asses whooped by the ravens yeah so 
Back to that ceiling. Let me take that back. They ain't making the playoffs. They're beating up on scrubs. Well, that's what they have to do. Yeah. But Dallas Cowboys are not a scrub team. They're one of the better teams in the league. They just are off to a rough start. Half of their team is is dope. The offense. The offense is great. That's a lot. Defense. God damn, man. (laughs) Well, they can't stop Baker Mayfield. They'd be giving up. That's the fucking problem. They'd be giving up touchdowns like they fucking giving out candy canes at Christmas, dog. I thought you were going to fumble that. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping it moving. Another ceiling question. The Arizona Cardinals came out flying. Kyler Murray looking like an MVP candidate. Back to earth a little bit the last two weeks. Dropping two in a row. What's their ceiling? Playoffs first round exit. (laughs) That's it? (laughs) What about in years to come? What can the duo of D-Hop and Kyler... And maybe they find a new running back. <laughs> You're already off Drake, eh? Me too. But, uh, bro, no, in years to come, Kyler, Kyler just, he's got that it factor. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Donovan Mitchell in the NBA. He's just someone oh, yeah. that I just see a title in their future. At some point. At some point, they're going to win it all. They've got that fucking it factor for sure. Love them. Uh, him and D Hop, they're going to be connecting for years to come. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I think. I think even I got fooled after they went 2-0. I'm like, oh, shit. It's time. It's time. It's because there was so much offseason hype. And now, you know, they lost to the Panthers today. Bad loss. Not a great team. Who'd they lose to last week? Oh, they lost to the Lions last week. (laughs) Kyler threw three interceptions. So we might have got ahead of ourselves. But um, I see them bouncing back next week. And I still think they're going to have a great season. I think they'll have a great season. I think they'll make the playoffs this year, and then who knows what the hell can happen after that. Real shit. Speaking of somewhat disappointments, the Texans 0-4. You kind of saw this coming when they fucked up and traded D-Hop, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like, going out and getting David Johnson. The guy looks like he's stuck in the mud. Randall Cobb, he's uh, lost a couple gears. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. He's useless. donut today. Yeah, and he's also... I'm not wishing this upon anyone, but he is a liability due to injury. So, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson are basically... They're alone now. They got nothing else. The defense is aging. Now they're 0-4, man. Are they done? <sighs> Bruh. This is the season over. It honestly, Bill O'Brien <laughs> is now the head coach, the GM, and he calls the plays. Yeah, I know. I thought that was so funny. After they go 0-3, they're like, all right, now Bill O'Brien's going to be more responsible for play calling again. It's like, no, they went away from him for a reason. He's fucking horrible. Does he have something over the owner? He must, man. I've He's heard that He's got some joke. like blackmail over the owner. No, the funny thing was like the Vikings who are also underperforming and Texans going into today were both like, all right, this is our get well game, you know? Yeah. Get on the right track and... Uh, Bro, I actually feel bad for Deshaun. Obviously, you can't turn down that that kind of money, but he's just he. I think I think coming into this week, he'd been sacked. Him and Joe Burrow, I think, were top two most sacked quarterbacks. I think um, they were set up with like one of the hardest schedules the first three yeah. weeks. So it's like the Steelers, the Chiefs, and probably the Ravens. Yeah, well, well, that was the thing. Like it was like okay, you knew they were going to go through. Yeah, but. They they had to win it today, man. It's going to be a tough uphill battle. Uh, let's see who they're playing next week. 
the Jaguars. That might be. There's the last chance. Yeah. If they lose that. Oh, this is the last done, done. chance for the Texans. And just one thing I want to get off my chest before we keep it moving. Ants one always calls me out for saying players who are done. Ants one, you could stick a fork in AJ Green, dog, because he's done. <laughs> it's Tyler Boyd's team now. AJ Green, man. You shouldn't have sat out all year, dog. You should have done whatever you could to get right and make it work with the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. You let the team down. run, <laughs> And now it's Tyler Boyd's squad. Any final words? Go Heat, go. <laughs> all right, y'all. Catch you next week. Off the cuff statement. <laughs> 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 He's looking.